from a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's High On Film! Tonight, we've got Claire Downs and Splash. This guy is an actor, and next week he'll get shot on another show on this week's Underwater episode. Well, hello and welcome to a very special Valentine's Day episode of High On Film Sobering Talk About Movies. I'm Chris Maxwell, I'm your host, welcome to the show, episode 208, and we've got a classic rom-com for you today, uh, the movie that's actually apparently credited with creating the name Madison for parents to use for their daughters everywhere, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's a, a veritable mermaid rumspringa of a movie. Splash, from 1984, directed by Ron Howard, written by Brian Glazer for the story, Bruce J. Friedman for the screen story, and uh, Lowell Gantz, Babalu Mandel, and Bruce J. Friedman for the screenplay, of which they were Oscar-nominated, if you can believe that. And here we go, Oscars coming up, too. Um, yeah, I'm Chris. With me, as always, is the man who's right to my left, the podcaster of disaster, the co-host from The Couch, the walking Kevin Bacon game, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Happy Valentine's Day, Chris. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Brad. Oh, thanks. I told you, flowers and chocolate this week. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the, uh, Aladdin uh, cards from the local CVS, CVS mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. say Be Mine on it. And Perforated on the sides. We're, we're a very romantic duo. Yeah, yeah. I gave You notice I gave you the Apu one. He's holding a box of candy. Oh, yes, of course. A boo? <laughs> did you say a poo? I did oh, say a Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. A poo. Mm-hmm. A poo. Yeah, I got symptoms once. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> All right. Okay. What are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about Splash. Yes, we are. Tom Hanks's second movie? Third movie? Yes, yeah, second, like, theatrical release movie. Okay. His first one was He Knows You're Alone. It was, like, some horror movie. But, yeah, this is his first... Major motion picture starring role. Yeah. Uh, we've done plenty of rom-coms on this show before. How do you feel about this one? In, in, in its rankings in rom-coms? and its uh, yeah. success of uh, being funny and romantic? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if it's like one of my favorite rom-coms, but it's definitely above some of the rom-coms we've done. I mean, what we did. What? Like The Wedding Planner? Yeah, it's above The Wedding <laughs> Planner. Very easily above the wedding planner. Is it above How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? Uh, probably in true quality, yes. Okay. Uh, I'd say it's better than that. You get a lot of you, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. You go a long way on like the McConaughey Hudson charisma and her kind of comedic her her bit of you know making his life a living hell. Um, but this is a, probably just a better overall movie. Interesting. Yeah, it's it, it's very good. I have a lot of complaints about it, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, Tom Hanks is charming as hell. Uh, and John Candy and Eugene Levy are great. Uh, I'm not really... Daryl Hannah's fine. She's very... Not given a lot to do. No, she doesn't talk for the first, like, half of the movie. Yeah, I didn't remember that. It's been years since I've seen... Years. Probably since I was, like, ten since I've seen this movie. And, uh, yeah, I always remembered her being in it more or having a bigger part or more to do, but no, not really. Classic 80s Hollywood. Classic 2017 Hollywood. Yeah. Jesus. (laughs) Well, let's get to our guest. Uh, Returning guest. She was on once before doing uh, Center Stage and has uh, now come back to the show to watch Splash, a movie I believe she has never seen before. 
No, not until this moment, not until today. Comedian and actress Claire Downs is back. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hey, Claire. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Val Day. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm enlightened after seeing that movie. <laughs> I had, my family had the cassette tape, I believe, of the soundtrack to this movie, which is hilarious because I don't remember a single song from the <laughs> film that I just watched. Uh, it starts with Wooly Bully. For whatever, for whatever reason, that's the opening song about a mermaid. Her hair is um, wooly. Sure. It's and crimped. crimped. The government's yeah. bully. There you go. Oh, so we're separating the wooly and the bully? Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's the classic, uh, classic fish-out-of-water story. It is, and literally. I have, I have to literally. wonder if that's where it's from. Do you think fish-out-of-water comes from this? Splash? Uh, no. No. I, I think it's out of... Fish not being able to survive outside of water, like well, the actual animals. If yeah. there was a move, yeah. Like, but if, oh, you are in an environment that is very foreign to you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it probably is, killing you. Right. It has truth. I just wonder if there's some movie that you could point back to saying the classic fish or oh, if, novel. Yeah, if someone fish. says it, like, oh, you're a real fish out of water. What's that uh, horror movie where the guy walks out of, like, from the black and white era? He's like a fish monster. Oh, Whoa. creature from the Black Lagoon. There you go. Yeah, he's real a, fish he's out of water. Real fish out of water. <laughs> he kills her. He does. I or think he kills to. a lot of people. I think I yeah yeah. yeah this, is a monster. <laughs> this is nicer. This is a nicer gender swapped version. Of yeah, this fish out of water just wants to make out with human yeah. men. <laughs> it's a lot of kissing. A lot of kissing. A lot of kissing. Right off the bat. And there's no justification. Like you could easily justify like, oh well, she's transferring air. To her gills, <laughs> something like that. She just, they kiss like six times with before Tom Hanks gets her back to his apartment. Yeah. And, and like deep kissing. Like deep they're like on the street, making out. Making out. Yeah. That's <laughs> a lot of kissing. Hey, naked Daryl Hamill's coming up to you on a beach. She's what are you going to do? Really naked. Like one of the shots starts in her butt crack. <laughs> And then, pull, then she jumps off of a little railing. She's headed for the Statue of Liberty. Right, right. I, I believe that clip might be coming up uh, in a little bit. Later. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's get to Trash Star Destroy, the first segment on our podcast. A little bit of a movie barometer to see what you do with certain films and uh, the hard choices that Hollywood puts puts to you. Uh, three movies of similar ilk. One you must trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And the third movie then must be destroyed, which means that the only version that has ever existed of said film has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of Bad Boys 2 fame. Yes. <clears throat> so, let's do three movies where Tom Hanks is in the water. We're going to do oh. Sully. Oh. Castaway. Okay. And Captain Phillips. Okay. Hmm. Sully, Castaway, and Captain Phillips. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm going to do is I am going to star in Captain Phillips. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, what role do I take? Probably the, one of the, the men. captain now? No, 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 that would be fucked up. Uh, could no. be a Somali pirate, Brad. Thank you. I'm a big pirates fan. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd probably just, I, I can't remember any of the actors names. probably like just one of the main guys that's on not the Tom Hanks role but mm -hmm. like one of the his like second in command on his ship first mate yeah first mate I can't even remember who that is but that I wouldn't want to take the Tom Hanks role but it'd be fun to act with Tom Hanks yeah so I'd probably do that 
I am probably going to trash Castaway. And then I'm going to give Sully to Michael Bay. I'd be more likely to see Sully if it was directed by Michael Bay more than I would it being directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, Michael Bay could direct it. I mean, I... I liked Sully. I think I've said that on this podcast before. You said it a lot. Yeah. You said it more than once tonight. I enjoyed it. That, of course, is the biopic of Sully Sullenberger. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Chesley Sully Sullenberger. I'm sorry. Chesley. <laughs> um, but I'm going to star in Sully, I think. Uh, but I am also going to play Tom Hanks' first mate. I'm going to take Aaron Eckhart's part. Just pal around with Tom Hanks. And Doesn't he wear a ridiculous mustache? Maybe? Yeah, they both do. It's great. Nice. It's awesome. You really picked, like, there's. it's a land boat... Air yeah. situation as well. <laughs> it's, true. Yeah, it's true. I didn't think about the that. The water's all around. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think you're, I, and I think I'm just going to stick with uh, Brad choice here. Um, Trash and Castaway. I don't remember liking it that much. And uh, any movie that's that much of a FedEx commercial, I don't think we, we necessarily mm, need. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess that leaves Michael Bay to do Captain Phillips. And a Wilson volleyball commercial. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Did Wilson volleyball sales spike after uh spike. Pun Dude, nice. After casting? I have no idea. I would assume. Right. Claire, what are you gonna do with these Tom Hanks little, getting yes, wet? Splitting the difference here. I guess I would star in Castaway. Sort of a the difference being who's his wife? Is it Andy McDowell? Helen Hunt. Helen is it Helen Hunt? Yeah, I was, I was gonna say I Helen Hunt too, I but I wasn't it was sure. Andy McDowell. Uh yeah, but I don't know. I think that maybe you know Switching, I guess I'm just changing the plot completely, but then it would be like, maybe I just stay on the island and avoid my awful husband and build <laughs> yeah. a life for myself. Yeah, gender swap Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, I procreate with a nearby native neighboring island. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to build a boat and then drive there and then, you know, boat there and then... Yeah, it would hold... It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I'd watch that movie. Sounds yeah. good. Uh, yeah. Sounds better than Castaway. There's almost no conflict. <laughs> <laughs> a woman maroons herself on an island to get away from her. And it's like, husband. wait, this is way better. <laughs> I don't have to look at Twitter. This is paradise. <laughs> I don't have to look at Twitter. Donald Trump doesn't own this island. <laughs> anyway, so the other two, um, I would probably do Michael Bay for uh, Captain Phillips. Yeah. I think it'd be good. Michael Bay's Somali, Somali pirate movie? I'd be down. Look, in full disclosure, I did not see Captain Phillips. There were a lot of other, other movies that year that I that took up my time. Tom Hanks did a hell of a job. Yeah. You see yeah, the end, that this is... end scene where he goes into shock is some of the best acting I've seen Tom Hanks ever do. All right. Yeah. Into that. Yeah. And then the other one is Sullenberger. Yep. So I guess <laughs> Chesley. I, I guess I trashed that. Uh, Poor Clint Eastwood. The best movie he's done in a decade. Gone away. Well. What can you do? Well, he was in trouble with the curve. Yeah, but he didn't make that. No, I know he didn't. Nor is that. And that movie's not supposed to be very good. In fairness, we never, you know, it was the movie we never knew we needed. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Sully. Yeah. You you know, I was really skeptical about how, like, what kind of conflict is this that this American hero, but they, they put a little in there. It's, it's mean, pretty good. I mean, I was there in New York when that happened. Oh. And I miracle went, Nazi. I know. It was a miracle. Mostly, no one knew that it happened until, like, the <laughs> yeah. next day. Because New Yorkers, you're, you're so in your own shit. You're very busy. And then you're like, hey, we should go see the plane that is downtown. <laughs> what plane? Oh, okay. So I got on the subway. Went down there, checked it out, got back on the st- It was still in the river? Yeah. Nice. It was like, I guess it was a couple hours later. Okay. 
I wasn't that far from it. But yeah, anyway. I, it was not that big of a deal. All right, guys. One more Trash Star Destroy category. Let's do three mermaid movies. We'll oh. do the movie we just watched, Splash. We'll do Disney's take on the Hans Christian Andersen classic, The Little Mermaid. Mm. And we'll do Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. That is surprising. Those are surprising choices. Trio? Yeah, I thought you were going to cho choose Mermaids starring Cher, which is not about mermaids. I didn't even know that was a movie, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, and it's not about mermaids, so there no, you go. No, but she's in the fin on the cover of the DVD. Why? I don't know. I've never seen it. All right. She's a divorcee. We're going to talk about this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Came right. out around the same time, though. Uh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, while I look that up, Splash, Little Mermaid, Goblet of Fire, Trash, Star, Destroy. Oh. It's kind of tough. I mean, I always feel like I have to, the the opportunity to start a Harry Potter movie is mm -hmm. probably too good to pass up. You get to work with so many awesome actors in that situation. But then, like, what do I, the Little Mermaid is like a cla uh, classic. Uh, all right, I guess I'll... I guess I'll have to start in Goblet of Fire. I guess I'll be Harry Potter. I don't know. I mean, why wouldn't I, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sorry, Radcliffe. You just take a movie off. You get to fly. <laughs> it'll be real. It'll look really normal. You're out on five. You're back for six. Yep. Unless you no, can no, no, rest the on, part away. Out on four, back for five. In fairness, like, this, maybe this is blasphemy, but, like, he doesn't seem like he had that much fun filming those movies. Whenever he's in interviews, he just seems, like, over it and, like, he I bet you he's over it. about it. I mean, I, I've seen him interviewed before where he, like, you know, he knows that, like, he wouldn't have the success without it, and, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it was kind of a crazy fucking period in his he life when so you're young. that young, and you're that famous, and, like, it's just, it, you, you you're, like, going rich. through puberty on camera. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's intense. That's true. Um, Wizardhood. <laughs> Wizardhood. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm Harry Potter. What do I do now? Splash and a Little Mermaid. Uh, boy, it feels a little like sacrilegious to trash Little Mermaid, but part of me thinks that's a better, uh, better fate for it than Michael part of the, Bay. Part of the great Disney run, we're the eighties and nineties. We're due for like mermaid stuff to come back, right? We're getting a live action Little Mermaid. Yeah, we? we are. Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, is the doing the, is doing the music for it. He's like doing the music for the live action. I mean, now that they're remaking all the Disney classics as yeah. live action, because we're getting Aladdin. Movies. Yeah, Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. <laughs> Hold on. Yep. Yeah, John Favreau's The Lion, Lion King. King. Uh, he just Beauty did Jungle Beast, Book, obviously. Beauty and the Beast in like a month. Yeah, and is that Branagh, or is that someone else? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I believe it's Branagh. I hope they. Or no, wait, did Branagh do Cinderella? He did Cinderella. Yes, that's what it is. That's what Which it is. we also got. I forgot we got Cinderella. Yeah. Snow White is coming. <clears throat> is it? I don't think so. Oh. They did. They did like two Snow Whites. Like they did. Oh, because the... we have like the Huntsman stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Snow White. I feel like how are you gonna do? And then they did the dwarves. one with Julia Roberts too. Yeah. Live Ooh. action. Yeah, it's tough. Well, you can use real little people. There's no problem with that. Yeah. It. It's the problem it... when they do, like they did for the Huntsman, where they put like Gary Oldman's face on a dwarf body. Oh. For the Huntsman? Right. Yeah. They did do oh. that. I think it's also in that Matthew McConaughey movie. Tootsie. Tiptoes. Tiptoes? Yeah. Not Tootsie. Tootsie. Friend. Not Tootsie. <laughs> Don't know that one. You guys Tootsie. know a lot of uh, Tiptoes, we only know because we've done into experts. the McConaughey uh, lexicon in a big way. Lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> Discography. Discography. Filmography. Filmography. Um, uh, you know what? I guess I'll just 
trash <laughs> splash. I'm going to give Little Mermaid to Michael Bay. Okay. I want to see a Michael Bay cartoon with music. There you go. Claire? Um, so I, I, I have a pitch for how I would redo Disney's Little Mermaid with me starring in it. Okay. Awesome. It's a story of a woman who wants to be a mermaid, so she sells her legs. Oh, shit. It's fucked up. It's yeah. a completely yeah. fucked up. And then she learns that she, she like, learns that being a mermaid involves, like, you know, eating plankton, <laughs> like, breathing out of your neck, like, hiding in dark caves from sharks. Oh, yeah. She's very scared. And she meets a fellow merman, and then they fall in love before he's murdered brutally <laughs> by a boat. A boat rudder. Just chops him right in the head. It's, yeah, it's, it, it embodies the spirit of Hans Christian Andersen. It definitely in does. That it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Watch out for rudders. Yeah, exactly. It embodies that. Okay, so that's my Little Mermaid <laughs> reboot. And then um, the other two are... What were, oh, Splash, Splash and Goblet of Fire. Watched. Yeah, I would trash Goblet of Fire and then make Splash with Michael Bay. I mean, it's got all the New York City, uh, you know. Yeah. A lot of there was a there was a tank in the end of the movie. There is the military Spoiler presence alert, at the end. There's a military <laughs> government presence. Uh, takes place in New York City. Yeah. You know. In Michael Bay's Splash, they find out about the mermaid much sooner. There were helicopters. Yeah. They could have been dropping bombs on Tom Hanks at the end. Making the water explode. Yeah, kill the beast, exactly. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm tempted to star in Splash as much as I'd like to be in either one of the others. I'm not gonna star in Little Mermaid because as cool as it'd be in the to be in a Disney voiceover movie, I just uh, I don't know if that would really carry a career so much. Oh, you're looking in the long term. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but to get to be in a Ron Howard movie with Daryl Hannah as the Tom Hanks character, that'd be pretty fun. Alan? Yeah. But then I'd be... Eugene Levy? Yeah, no, no, I'm going to take Tom Hanks' role. <laughs> I'm not going to be Walter Kornhauer or whatever it's his name is. It's a great part, though. Yeah. It's a good bit but part. But you get to work with Eugene Levy and John Candy, which is pretty sweet. True. Yeah. I mean, and you get to be the villain who gets redemption, too. You redeem yourself. If you're Eugene Levin? Yeah. Oh, I'm saying if you're Tom Hanks, you get to work with Eugene Levin. Oh, Levin yes. Candy. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, and then I just think that, you know, uh, Michael Bay would probably do uh, an okay Harry Potter movie. So he's getting Gobbled of Fire, and uh, Little Mermaid is sadly trashed. Mm. 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 Now, now we just have, what was it, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin and Lion King as the Disney power run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I looked up mermaids, and Cher is dressed in a, like, mermaid-ish costume, but it's not actually a fin. It's like oh, a dress. That that's it's like... true. She has, like, sort of a King Triton's crown on. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. see. Yeah. And it's Bob Hoskins and Winona Ryder oh. in uh, a familial struggle, mm -hmm. apparently. Yeah. I know it's about divorce. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. Love Cher. Do you? You moonstruck. I was going to pick... <laughs> Comes back to I was gonna pick Moonstruck because it's an amazing film with Nicolas Cage, and it's my favorite romantic comedy. But I thought, let's give something new a chance. Let's give something new a chance. And Splash has also come. It's there's a reboot coming out. Yeah, is that this year? Do we know or next year? 
I don't know if this year. I feel like they announced that not too long ago. I feel like they could pump that out pretty fast. Yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure the Tatum, script is yeah, they already done. They want to get him Tatum. shirtless on screen as quickly as possible. Yeah. He yeah. wants to get himself shirtless on screen as quickly as possible. He, he knows his brand. Yeah, he made Magic Mike too. I never thought <laughs> of him as a water king, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him swim in. You know what they swim in Magic Mike One? He surfs. Oh yeah, they do. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. And he's near water. He's in, he gets in a submarine in. Uh, Hail, Hail Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He's a, he plays a sailor. He does. Yeah. All right, guys. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back with more high on film right after this. And we're back, high on film, right in the middle of Splash. Tom Hanks, Daryl Hammond, rom-com. Daryl Hammond? Daryl Hammond. <laughs> Former SNL cast member. <laughs> and he current played? SNL uh, uh, Don Pardell replacement. He, yeah. he played Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. He did, he yep. did. He plays a mermaid in this movie. Yeah, isn't I've, he the president in the, in the film? That's right. I fully expect the final cut of this episode to include a lot of splashing. Sound effects. Sounds like, all right. <laughs> Throw in some splashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's get to explaining this movie for those who have not seen it and don't care about spoilers because they're listening to this show. It's time for The Summary Game. The first game of the podcast that's worth a damn that is zero to two points on your high on film scorecards score in front of you as judged numerically by your peers. Please feel free to use decimals uh, to fine-tune the performances. Oof. Of Decimals. those around the table. Decimals. Just like the Olympics. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we modeled it after. Uh, of course, the summary game, we each take a turn at summarizing Splash in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. So a 111 minute movie allows us each 11.1 seconds to get out the best <laughs> Splash summary. It is indeed. Of course, we had our patented coin toss coin uh, toss in the break. And uh, Brad, inexplicably... You won again. I won again. You going first, second, or third this time, sir? I'll go. I'll go third. I'll let you start off. Chris. Third. Yes. My oh my. Oh. My oh my. Gee golly, well, we're on a bird. Cause I'm rocking Ohio. Okay. You said eleven point one. Eleven point one. All right. Are you ready, Chris? Sure. All right. Three, two, one. A little boy throws himself off a ship and meets a little girl mermaid and they fall in love right then and there and then she finds him years later in New York and then they fall in love and then he finds out they're a she's a fish and then she gets captured by the government and he frees her and enjoys her in the mermaid world where they fall in love forever and he leaves his brother behind. Time. That was wow. really good. Yeah, that was really good. You had a lot of... Details. A lot of hit, you hit a, a lot, lot of, of details in there. I guess. Yeah, that was, I think, one of my better summary games yeah, I've that had. Was, that was pretty quality. <sighs> yeah. That was Amped up turn. now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All, right. All right, Claire, you ready? Mm-hmm. 11.1 in 3, 2, 1. A little boy almost dies in the ocean, but he's saved by a mermaid. Cut to 20 years later where he uh, has a, a breakup with a girlfriend. He's a fruit salesman. And then he goes, Time. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he does sell fruit, though. It it's important. It's and weird. It's, it's weird. weird. It's quirky. It could have made him a ma magazine publisher. Yeah, he could have been anything. He could have just been... a General businessman. That is one thing this movie doesn't get enough credit for. As a rom-com, they do hit a lot of rom-com tropes. Mm -hmm. and they hit a lot of fish-out-of-water tropes. Oh, yeah. But they don't hit, like, the major rom-com tropes. Like, he doesn't work in a magazine. Yeah. He doesn't work in architecture. He doesn't have a best friend. 
Well, he has his brother. He has his brother fulfilling that role. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a guy squad where he goes and has the guy squad talk. True. True. I think they, it is a, it's, I think it won, it was nominated for that Oscar. Maybe because it was a weak year. But but, uh, I think because it has some unique aspects to it. It's like. Oh, definitely. A unique movie. Uh, I don't know if, if even, and this might just be a little of my own naivete, but like current rom-com tropes I don't think are even fully formed yet in 84, because those come a lot with the bigger rom-coms of like the Julia Roberts and, uh, Harry, um, and, Sa- when Harry, and Harry Met Sally and, and um, what's when the dude's did, name? Hugh Grant movies. Like There's some Woody Allen rom-coms that there, predate. There are. But I mean, do they? They're still like a little more like '70s though, and not really the like yeah. magazine editor meet cute sure, kind sure. of, you know. I think like tropes. the Woody Allen ones are like you know, moving in together, yeah. cooking your first meal together. Very yeah. classic. Yeah. All right, Brad. Well, you're gonna have to uh, do a summary game for us here. All right. Ready? Eleven point one. Okay. In three, two, one. A guy who works with fruit and has a brother uh, ends up being saved in the ocean when he falls in by a mermaid who he had met years before. Uh, she comes onto land to find him. They end up falling in love. Uh, he feel, finds out that she's actually a mermaid. She time. gets tested. Ah, uh, I had a little more time. She gets tested. She gets tested. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do have a big scene about talking about the blood tests. Yes. Before they get married. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little weird. There's <laughs> a lot of like immigration chit-chat. Yeah. A lot of immigration I chit-chat. I think Ron, Tra- Ron Howard wanted to make... The Statue of Liberty is in this movie a, a couple times. Yeah, and, and a very prominent shot. Yeah, there's a prominent shot. There's a lot of B-roll of the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And the Twin Towers. And the Twin Towers. Uh, but like And terrible moons. Yeah, the moon looks like they have a piece of black cardboard, and then they print it out on like an early <laughs> printer, like a moon phase chart, and yeah. then like cut it up, and then... In the background of B-roll shots of this of the Empire State Building, like held it up in the background on the <laughs> stick, it, shown a like, flashlight behind in it. In HD, you can literally see like the cutout of the moon. <laughs> oh, it looks like total shit. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Ron Howard it must be so embarrassed when he sees that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'd be embarrassed. I'm he pretty sure like, it was 1984. Yeah. What do you want from me? And the the special effects of her. Turning into the, okay, the that fish, was amazing. even though it's a little, only a small section of the sea of the screen. Her legs turn into scales on camera, and it looks pretty good. They could have just as easily cut away and cut back, or had mist or steam coming out of her legs. Right, like they, they do they most didn't. other times. Yeah. yeah, that's that's big. I mean, that is big. But is. they they you know they took the moon budget, moved it over to the <laughs> land budget. <laughs> There's no money left. None. We All right, guys. For that Time for first impressions. The second game of the show, where we each give a line to the person sitting to our right that we would like to hear them impersonate. Of course, said line should be from Splash. Uh, for zero to three points this time. Uh, since I went first, Claire, you get to go first this time and give Brad a line okay. you'd like to hear him impersonate. Uh, okay. So this is the line that John Candy says. When he is defending his brother, played by Tom Hanks, who has just recently returned from being interrogated by the government for harboring a mermaid, pun intended, with the harbor. Yeah, yeah, I like it. There's no Cape Cod. Cape Cod is the character in this movie. Uh, 
Uh, and New York. New York's the always line a character. Is, New York's always a character. What are you looking at? You never saw a guy who slept a fish... Hold on. I already missed <laughs> What are you looking at? You never saw a guy who slept with a fish before? Get back to work. All right. Here it is. What are you looking at? You never saw a guy who slept with a fish before? Get back to work! All right, Brad. Give us that good old John Candy. What are you looking at? You never saw a guy who slept with a fish before? Get back to work! Hmm. Oh, he got that accent. Yeah. yeah. Good inflection. Thanks. Back to work. <laughs> Brad, you got a line for me, sir? I do, <clears throat> sir. Uh, so this is a Eugene Levy line. Uh, uh, it's when we uh, when we first see Eugene Levy, I guess. When we first meet him, he's on the beach with the idiot twins, as he refers to them, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he thinks that Tom Hanks is a spy for because he's trying to do he's basically investigating the ocean for mermaids. Is that what he's looking for? I get. I mean, he kind of acts like this is something he's been searching for. Yeah, and later on, all the other doctors are calling him like a crackpot. Right. Yeah, he said he belongs to some kind of Indiana Jones style society <laughs> yeah. of oceanographers mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. all nations. Yeah, like I United did like that. <laughs> It was very diverse. Yeah, the oceans span the world, Claire. It's true. You know? Nobody owns the oceans. Mm. Remember that. I, I, I will never forget it. Except, yeah, except the Gulf. We own the Gulf. Right, right, of course. Because <laughs> we ruined it so much. Because we ruined Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, it's a Eugene Levy line to Tom Hanks when he is, uh, he basically thinks he's a spy, and this is him trying to call him out for that. What is all this stuff? No one. Who sent you up here? Dr. Ross from Chicago? Who's Dr. Ross from Chicago? Oh, who's Dr. Ross? You're good. You're very good. I suppose you're just some harmless beachcomber who happens to wear a tuxedo! Alright, the great Eugene Levy. In probably a voice I can't do. Let's get my nasal... Ah, who's Dr. Ross? Oh, you're good. You're very good. I suppose you're just some harmless beachcomber who happens to wear a tuxedo! That actually That's was pretty really good. good. Yeah. Thanks, that was guys. Nice. Appreciate that. Well, Claire, here we are. We've arrived to the clip that starts in Daryl Hannah's butt crack. <laughs> uh, for oh. your line of a New yeah. York City Ellis Island tour guide who is giving his speech about the Statue of Liberty. And uh, a naked Daryl Hannah walks onto uh, Ellis Island, and he gets a little distracted, and uh, has a little slip of the tongue here. Played by the screen, one of the screenwriters. Oh, this was one of the other ones. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Not Jabu or whatever. Yeah, okay. Babalu Mandel. <laughs> yeah. The other one. These script doctors here. Yeah. Welcome to the Statue of Liberty. The statue is a gift from French citizens that has come to symbolize hope for naked women everywhere. Botchy balls! Hey! Alright, that wonderful New York accent. Yeah. Welcome to the Statue of Liberty! This statue was a gift from the French 
And it has come to symbolize hope for naked women everywhere. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I believe after that he goes, bocce balls. Uh, he does do that. He does. He does. Got play that. That's his uh, Freudian slip because he says bocce balls. Yeah. And he sees a mythical creature stepping out of the ocean. Yeah. I'll have to include the bocce balls in the uh, clip when I play it on the post-edited podcast dun, dun, dun. the listeners I pay feel... no attention to the man behind the curtain so we were gonna that that uh, line was said by one of the writers of this movie yeah I uh is it the is it um what's his name Mandel Lowell Gans oh. no it's not Babalu Babalu Mandel is the I mean Lowell Gans um, that's who said it guy who holds the Tom skate. Hanks in place uh, after the skating rink yeah yeah that was Lowell Gans. Lowell Gans. One of the five writers of this movie. <laughs> who, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's 90 minutes long. Yeah. Right? About? Uh, uh, no, it's a little under two hours. Yeah, oh, like okay. an hour and 45. Yeah. Still. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, something. Some people write three and a half hour movies all by themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, these guys, Gans and, and uh, Babalu, have uh, written on a lot of movies. Actually, they were writers on Happy Days. And have mm. since, uh, I also also worked on uh, the Parenthood script as well for Ron Howard, um, mm. but seem to kind of work as script doctors maybe, or... Punch-ups maybe. Yeah, because every movie they're credited on is like, has five or six writers. Hmm. So. Well, there were some bomb jokes that really bombed, so I wonder... <laughs> that is true. If, they're, if Lowell and Mandel had anything to do with it, they made the movie worse. <laughs> if they were the punch-ups. Yeah. I'm thinking about specifically, well, John Candy does run through a, a fruit stand, mm -hmm. which is the a oldest great trope. TV trope of all, um, or film trope. And there's a couple jokes. Wasn't there one like, like, I wouldn't go down... Yeah, like there's like a New York joke, like just jokes about New York. Now I'm. Can't oh yeah, yeah. Because when at one point he says, uh, like, like she does, she like breaks all those TVs, and he's like, uh, how about uh, how the, the mix? <laughs> yeah. Ugh, or uh, they have sex while he's at supposed to be at work, and then he says, "You're gonna send me to the emergency room," <laughs> yes. and then they have sex again because of her voracious sexual appetite. She does have a from the sea. She's from the sea. It's true. Uh, well, this is appropriate as we slide into some scene work where we uh, discuss uh, more of an open forum discussion of the movie. Of course, we like to start things off optimistically. Do 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 do! Best scene! What is the best scene in Splash? Oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Brad, 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 so excited about I know, this. Sorry, I just like kind of chasing the yard for something. <laughs> Lack of oxygen to the brain, like you're underwater. Oh, mm. there it is. Mm -hmm. That's why I did it. <laughs> I would say there's a Splash lot of okay back. scenes. Yeah. All right, like, well, if there, if there has to be a best. You know, for a movie that is good, I, I'm actually surprised I'm having trouble, I'm having a harder time coming up with a legitimate best scene than I am a worst scene. Um... I mean, maybe that scene, maybe the scene I actually just mentioned where she breaks all the TVs... Because mm -hmm. it's the scene where she talks for the first time, and then the comedic bit of her <laughs> saying her name, which shatters all these TVs. In, like, dolphin speak. Right, yeah. exactly. That was good. That was the one funny line they gave to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is about it's it. It's not even her voice. It's dolphin speak, isn't it? It's like little squeaks. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I, it's hard to pick one best scene. Like, this movie certainly 
it's not a bad movie, but like when I go back to see like which scenes like really floored me, and I almost have nothing. I mean, uh, the one I really found the funniest actually was Tom Hanks in the water tank, um, put yeah. there by the feds, and they're trying to test to see if he's a mermaid too. And he's just naked, holding his junk, and uh, yeah, he said something like, "I'm not a mermaid," or something funny like, "I'm not a mermaid." <laughs> Hilarious! Yeah. My favorite joke. Yeah. I enjoyed the um, classic hijinks uh, where Candy and Hanks go to rescue. Oh, yeah, that's his name. John John. Candy and Hanks go to rescue uh, his mermaid from the federal government who is performing Stranger Things-like tests on her. And they have a whole bit where they say that they are Swedish. And they go with Eugene Levy, too, so it's a three-hander. They go, they go and say that they're Swedish scientists that are visiting. Well, you know, luck as luck would have it, the, the military officer guarding the mermaid is Swedish and begins to ask them questions in Swedish. And John Candy, having watched a ton of porn, apparently responds, Hey, babe, I have a 12-inch penis in Swedish. And that unlocks the doors for them. Yeah, that satisfies the guard. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that is, it is fun to have John Candy, Eugene Levy, and Tom Hanks working together. Playing together. Yeah, that's a shitload of fun. Yeah, and that's a pretty good joke. I mean, it's not, like, the best joke ever, but it's, like, better than most of the jokes. And yeah. more plausible than a lot of the logic. Right. Well, he is clearly a perverted deviant. Yeah, it makes, so. it's in line with his character yeah. up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that, too. Yeah. Brad? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I was saying that... The, the TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I will say, too, uh, all of, like, the her and then him eventually swimming underwater all looks really good. Yeah, I was going like, to say Like, it looks legit. I mean, I, I realize, like, oh, there's not reefs at the bottom. Of the, like, it's not entirely accurate, but it looks great. Like, it looks very believable that she's just swimming around like a mermaid down in the ocean floor. So. Yeah. I would also say that's probably the most romantic part of the romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. You know? It's playing into, you know, beach vacation fantasies, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. You go to... Sensual. Yeah. yeah. But I, I would say that that's probably the most romantic where they're just letting it breathe. They do do the rom-com trope of going skating in Rockefeller Plaza, mm -hmm. yeah. which is a very, very Californiaized lot-looking yeah. Rockefeller Plaza. I don't think it's actually supposed to be Rockefeller, though. Really? Is it? Yeah, because it was like this There's little no square. Yeah, it's yeah. a square. And it's not a circle. Tom Hanks goes there year-round in this movie? Yeah, he said that he points out an old couple. An old man, yeah. That, that is good at skating and says that they've been coming here for 40 years. How he knows this is not explained. I think this... this <laughs> I guess that's supposed to show how frequently he's com he comes to this place. Though yeah, it's... and that he really wants to be that old couple. Kind of, yeah, again, like, That's though, what it's supposed to be. His like, whole, hey, like, this relationship romantic. with love in this movie is so... is yeah. complicated. And not complicated. Like, he's complicated. It's, like, complicated. They The writers made it inconsistent. Right. It is interesting, though, because... It is from a rom-com from a man's perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, who's looking for love? Like, he's the protagonist who's out there looking for love. You don't see that super often. Yeah. Well, and the good thing, too, is in the end, they have it where he changes for her. He leaves his 
where a lot of times it's always like, oh, the girl has to change in order to get the guy. Like in this movie, mm-hmm. no, he has to give up everything. He has to change his, his, uh, he has to not be a human anymore mm-hmm. in order to be with her. He and he can't work to do in that. the fruit industry. No. No. Uh, <clears throat> All those years, he dominated the fruit market. Fruit and vegetables. No, no, I think, is it fruit and vegetables? Yeah. John Candy, Candy asks it He point. doesn't know. Right. If they he's sell vegetables a, as well. Yeah, he's a dilettante. But they do, because he juggles potatoes. Yeah. Oh, right. Are we going to talk about worst? Or did you we know? are going to talk about worst. Uh, I did just actually want to mention one more thing for best scene is uh, the assassination, quote unquote, scene. Oh. I thought it was like an interesting bit of style. To the film, like with the flash bulbs going off, and it like the cutting is a little more jagged. Oh, yeah, slow he, motion. Slow motion when He's Eugene Levy takes the water and he finally sprays uh, um, Madison, and she turns into a mermaid in front of this whole crowd. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, I, I thought it was a yeah nice little flare of style in in the middle of the movie. So yeah, I wanted to mention it. Um, yeah, they make it seem like an actual like is that it was based off. Uh, one of, like, was it the yeah, like, person trying to kill Reagan? Or? Jack Ruby or something? Yeah, something like that. It seemed <clears throat> like they were referencing something, something in particular. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. well, we'll never know. <laughs> All right, Fall guys. In, if you know. <laughs> it is. If there's a best scene, there must be a worst scene. Dun, 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 worst scene. I have a strong feeling about this. Okay. So I, I think, you know, we were talking about the implausibility of the skating scene. Mm-hmm. I think that kicks off the worst series of of scenes. Yeah. Uh, it's really where the movie dips. Uh, but the worst scene to me is a two-part... I have to explain why this... Okay, so he... Tom Hanks takes the mermaid, Madison, to a fountain that is near the Brooklyn Bridge and is going to be uh, paved over, like, this little park is going to be paved over and turned into a luxury condo building. And there's a statue of a mermaid there, and he says that he likes it, but he doesn't know why. Spoiler alert, it's because he likes mermaids from when he was saved by one as a kid, but he has repressed this. Mm-hmm. Madison has been wearing a necklace made out of shells the entire time. <laughs> it sort of looks like it's made out of... It sort of looks like it's made out of, like, you know, like, those macaroni, like, frames you would give your mom for Mother's Day. Like, mm-hmm. that, but, like, a necklace. And with, like, a shell in the center. Nautical. Like, a big shell. It's nautical. Like, some, yeah, fishing twine. Okay. <laughs> so that is not the worst scene. The worst scene is a couple scenes later, Tom Hanks returns to his apartment, and there's a moving crew exiting, and he enters the bedroom with his bed. This is a New York apartment, and she has purchased this fountain. And then he know he just knows. He looks over at her and says, "Where's your necklace?" This is a necklace we have not referenced the the whole movie, but it's been on her. There's been no close-ups of this necklace. She just looks at him guiltily, and then he says, "You didn't sell your necklace, did you?" And she nods. So we're supposed to believe that this fountain can fit in the door. There's just too much to get over. Yeah, they would have to remove a wall to get this fountain in. And it's there a is small Manhattan apartment. Not a wall roofed. I know it's, it's also, a comedy, but the, the water is in the fountain already. Like it's bubbling. Pumping, yeah. pumping somehow. The necklace value versus this. <laughs> yeah. I don't even care if they're like, we're just gonna dump this fountain in the you know, the city dump. Like, I don't believe that. I don't believe in a necklace made out of maybe even Maybe there's a pearl on it. 
let's say they could have justified this. Yeah. There's a mother of pearl, sure. pearl. The rest of the necklace is not worth anything, and pearls are not worth the same amount of fountains. Any adult knows that. <laughs> you true. can that is that logic hung. You're taught that from a young age. Yeah. Even if it's gold, even if it is just all gold, it's still not buying this million dollar fountain and then paying for the million dollars of moving fees to get it into a upkeep Manhattan high rise. How are you gonna? Where are you pumping the water in from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great question. Even if you own the villa, you own the apartment. There's just too much. Like Ron Howard, like there is too much logic to yeah. get over. It's just there's just six like six or seven different things that don't make sense about this. We never come back to the fountain. It's never referenced again. We I, see it at I the was going to say that. It's completely inconsequential. Though. Oh, we do like, see it at It the doesn't end. matter at all, though. It does nothing for the plot. No, but it shows that she loves him. Well, there's a lot of ways to show that. that don't, she has don't been to sleeping with him for <laughs> six days. Hey, just because she's having sex with him doesn't mean she loves it's him. It's true. It's true. Um, so yeah, that, it's... That's my worst scene because it's not that the acting is bad or anything. It's just, I mean, it's just... Too far. Too far. Too ridiculous. We don't need it. We, we know she if, loves him. If Mandel and Lowell came in and wrote that scene, they did nothing to help the script. Yeah. They heard it. Mm. Brad? Well, actually, I'm going to kind of... I have a couple things, but the first thing I'll say, which actually is probably Lowell and Mandel's fault, too, if they came in to punch up the script, is... We're going to blame them for everything. I'm going to yeah, blame yeah. them for life. It might not even be their fault. They might have come in and did all the other good stuff. This young... Right, right. They're young... They're a lot younger than Ron Howard yeah. and Gray... Well, again. Glazer. Ryan Grazer. Grazer, yeah. Uh, but the Mandel. whole bit of their, uh, like, I guess, assistant secretary... Uh, oh who, yeah, who totally is a, who apparently was struck by lightning before, a couple days ago? Yeah, before yeah. any of the weird stuff in the movie happened. The secretary of the fruit market market has been struck by lightning and now doesn't remember that their father, who passed away four years ago, is dead. Yeah, and it's it it comes back a couple times that is like a, kind of a comedic bit that she's. Doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, she's like wearing she's a bra on the outside, outside of her shirt. shirt. A shower shower cap. cap. None of it works. None of it makes sense. We don't even see. I, I can't remember which one of you said it, but like we should have seen like a lightning storm maybe early on to at least show that this. It just none of it gets struck by lightning in the middle of New York where these huge buildings. Wouldn't, yeah. It's that's bad. Why can't she just be old and forgetful? Why does she have to be this kooky weirdo? Why did, struck by lightning is again going too far with it. Like you said with the fountain thing. Uh, Claire, just like struck by lightning, she could just be oh forgetful, and we've like we can't. She's been here for years. Yeah. We just don't want to fire. Her. Like that's plausible. Yep. Or like she's pretending to be this way. I guess because she wants to retire. I mean, if you're gonna go that far with her, I just also feel like you're breaking an essential rule of comedy when you like shit on someone who doesn't have any power. Like she's just. A, like a sweet old lady that you're like, and to add on top of that, she's gone through a traumatic. Yeah. Like she should be in the hospital Struck still. by lightning and now she's mentally maimed. And like, she just, like, none of those things are funny. Yeah. None of it landed. Right. So you're making fun of that. Like, it's not, you know, 
It's not funny. It's, I mean, it maybe like funny. if Gilda Radner, like if a younger woman was playing her, so you could get out of the fact that she's also like, because all I'm thinking about the whole time is like, this woman's going to die. Yeah. Like she's like sick, <clears throat> like maybe 60 or 70 years old, the actress. Now she's been struck by lightning and can't function <laughs> and they're still keeping her at work. Yeah, it fell flat. It yeah, fell terribly very flat. flat. For sure. Um, two other quick things. One, whenever she walks up naked to the the clip we heard uh, to the Statue of Liberty, everybody comes over and starts taking pictures with her. That would never happen. Like everyone would be like, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. In today's photogenic society, maybe, but I mean, I feel like people more people would be like, that. I mean, yes, you're right. It would happen in that sense, but it wouldn't be like, I want to take a picture with her. Like, wouldn't anybody there think like there's a, like something bad could have happened to this person? Well, yeah, I mean, the authorities take control of the situation pretty quickly. I guess. Okay, well, well I see what your point is. I'll, I'll blow past that one because that one's not even as big as what the next one is, which. Uh, so there's a point where they're walking down the street and there's a group of musicians. Oh, oh yeah. The only it's, people of any race besides white. In this whole movie. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. It's a group of black like, musicians. Three, three black musicians playing. And like, Daryl Hannah goes over and just starts dancing. Like, just very innocently. And like she says, I love music. Yeah, yeah she dancing just the music. It. And like, Tom Hanks runs over and grabs her like very frightened of what these men might do when they've pose no threat whatsoever. He says something yeah. like, let's go home, shall we? Yeah, like yeah. something really like curt and like quick. And it's, it's he's all, and then he's like pulling her away from them, like obviously afraid of them. Yeah, yeah. And Don't then, talk to black people. And then no more than like a scene later, we are back to them in the streets again watching musical performers now like in love holding hands watching romantically and of course now they're all white yep with violins they're playing classical music also i was like he takes her away from the situation and then he he's like the next scene is like let me take you on a magical date of new york city like he surprises her with this gift and it's like his date that he's taking her on and the first thing that they do after leave like the next time we see them on the streets in New York is with these white musicians. And, like, I just think it's, like, he's clearly, like, it's the contrast. There are no other people of color in the movie besides, as we said before, the Oceanographers Club. Which is oh, like right, right. Very right. diverse. Yeah. Uh, diverse sure. Oceanographers Club. I believe there's club. a man in a turban. There is, yeah. And a black woman. Yeah. Yeah, black woman, too. I know. Whoa. Well, anyone can be an oceanographer, it's, even in the 80s. It's true. No one owns the ocean. No. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's... Yeah, that is a bad moment of Tom Hanks being scared of black people. And uh, it's no no part in this movie. I'm blaming Mandel. I, yeah. Mandel, Lowell. Bubaloo Mandel? No, and Lowell Gantz. Lowell Gantz. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Um, I guess nothing's really bad, bad other than that, really. I guess I just have questions. Like, the president's dinner... That comes out of nowhere. Like, why does this fruit guy have an invitation to a president's dinner? It's insinuated that John Candy is in with the mafia. Oh, okay. And he's in, like, the health spot, and he's like, yeah, we're gonna go. Right, but it's never, like... But he doesn't even go. On a natural... Yeah, he's not the... They're like, you can take my tickets. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a scene was cut. It feels like it. Yeah. To get, get that logic link. Because they could have just been, like... All right, let's keep the set and just make it like a charity ball. Right. But then they needed the logic of like Eugene Levy potentially 
the, the, the secret service yeah mistaken for assassinating the president but what he's really doing to do is capture the mermaid right or expose her yeah but still yeah again too far like why well, why the president it's a lot <clears> of budget <throat> you know yeah that, the yeah. presidential seal uh, and I guess my only other question is why as a kid does he throw himself off the boat and into the ocean that made no sense to me like he doesn't see the mermaid he doesn't see anything he just jumps into the water to drown himself well, the parents, and saved by the mermaid the parents are like they're on a boat going to Cape Cod and yeah. the parents are like honey don't you like Cape Cod and he's like no and then they cut the next thing Unless I miss something, the next thing they see is that he jumps into the water. Yeah, that is exactly what happens. They go, okay, well, you know where to find us, and then cut to plunge into the water. It seemed like a jump, not a fall. Yeah, it A didn't... fall would make way more sense. Yeah. That would be, be why he's afraid to learn how to swim, which comes into play later. Right, right. It's all fate. It's his heart it is fate. makes him jump in to meet his to... the love of his life. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know. That's... If... No, it's yeah. Valentine's Day. Let's go with that. I like Fair. that. Crap. Sure. Yeah. All right. And there it is, the theme song to Milkin' It, the final game of the podcast. Zero to five points apiece for this game. We're each going to draw a card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. Uh, and Onside Card will give you a new way to kind of reevaluate, reuse uh, the characters, the themes, the plot of Splash. Make a brand new movie, a title, and a quick summary that to put back out there to make a billion more dollars for the studio system. All right. Let's break out the old Hollywood relic here and give it a give it a tumble. Mix these cards up. Uh, Brad, I believe you're going first. All right. Uh, hens are coming home to roost. Hens are coming. And a family saga. Oh, all right. All right. I like that. I'll draw... It's a fairy tale movie. Doesn't seem to be too much of a challenge. There's so there. many options in here. There are. Let's see what I got. Ooh, a melodrama. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break, gather ideas, and be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back, right in the middle of milking it for Splash. Brad Davis, you drew first. A family saga. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Um, okay. So, uh, we're going to have... Uh, this is going to kind of be a... Not a sequel, per se, but... I mean, we have it where we start with uh, Alan and Madison, who have been living as mermaids. Like, together as a married couple. They're both mermaids now. Uh, and... They're living happily, and uh, they learn that Madison's sister has the si has a similar like predestined fate to marry Alan's brother, uh, Freddie. So Alan's now spent years, and the parents are there too. Alan spent years talking about Freddie and kind of saying how he's this like. Kind of scumbag dude. Oh, so this is after the events of Splash. Kind, we okay, won't, I yeah. mean, it's not like a sequel per se, but like this is... Like yeah, it's kind of a sequel. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, is she a plus-size mermaid? 
Does that mean to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I see what you're asking. To pair up with Freddy. Sure, to why not? To pair up with John Candy. Um, but, that so, would be very progressive. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so she's destined for Freddy, and having told her parents, uh, Alan told her parents all these stories about her brother, they're skeptical that this is, or whether they would accept him. Mm-hmm. So now... Alan, Madison, the sister, and the two parents are going to New York to meet Freddie, and now it's uh, Alan trying to convince the family to like Freddie, and then now uh, her parents and sister going through the same, like, figuring out how the real world works, and mm. you kind of get all that through there. And then, of course, in the end, uh, he accepts them, and they all go back down into the ocean together. Freddie gets to go to the ocean, too. Freddie gets to go to the ocean, oh, too. Nice. He's swimming. Finally found love. Yeah, that's and he really gets to be back with his brother. Yeah, and the title, sir? Mermaid in Manhattan. Oh. <sighs> Mermaid in Manhattan. Yeah. Based off the other rom-com, Made in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Not so bad. Yeah, it's not good. The title. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well. All right. I'll live with it. <laughs> yeah, we all will, Brad. We all will. <laughs> you have to. Uh, I got a fairy tale movie if you're interested. Okay. Barely. Is it if called I, if the I can Little twist Mermaid? your arm. It's not called The Little Mermaid. I tried to stay away from The Little Mermaid. Um, actually went more of a, a Beauty and the Beast route, actually. Uh, so Alan is a uh, young guy, right? We start the movie with him on the beach. He loves the ocean in this, right? <clears throat> and uh, he's about to set sail. Uh, he's probably really rich. You know, the, da- the, the son of a, a rich fruit market man. Uh... <laughs> And uh, as he's setting out, um, kind of a reverse situation happens with him and Eugene Levy. Uh, a, a guy comes up to him and asks him if he can get a ride with him. And, well, it's a black man. Um, and Tom Hanks is like, no, I don't like black people. Jesus. Well, you know, he's scared of him in this film, so I just went with that. And uh, he kind of sets off, but as he does this, the man who he refused the ride to turns out to be uh, like a wizard um, a, a mer wizard, if you will, having his own little mermaid rung spring on on land, and he curses Alan to wander or to to sail the seas alone forever. Um, so he spent years just out on the ocean, just like alone, lonely, like in in despair. Um, and during a you know a, a storm and a ship breaks down, and he's saved by Madison, the mermaid. Oh. Of course, they go on some adventures. Um, he helps her out, she helps him out more, they fall in love. He kind of like learns what it is to love other people uh, of different species and races. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's taken back to the Mermaid City where he finds out that it's the father, her father, the King Mermaid, was the, that's why he's a wizard, because he's also king. Because that happens. There you go. You know, <clears throat> like Aquaman. Logically. And... After seeing that he is now a changed man because of his daughter and everything, he accepts him and, and relieves the curse. And they live happily ever after. Oh, I like it. Yeah. And it's called A Man Off Land. <laughs> sort of a fish out of water. Nice. Oh, okay. I a like Man that. Off Land. That, uh, that is good. That makes sense. That does make Thanks. sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. Uh, well, Claire, you have a melodrama. A melodrama. Oh. So, I haven't seen a ton of melodramas, but... I'm just going to guess they're melodramatic. Um, sure. So this is like, okay, so this is one man's quest to get back to the ocean 
to rekindle his love with the supposed mermaid. But when he arrives there, he finds that she's already with another guy. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit. yeah. and that, and then she, he ends up, okay, so, yeah, she's with another guy, human man, and then she ends up falling up, falling in love with a different mermaid. Damn. Yeah, but that makes her upset because they're rivals. These two mermaids are rivals, sort of like, you know, an old Hollywood rivalry. And then what ends up happening is a girl fight in the ocean Ooh. for the for the love, you know. Okay. There's coral being flung <laughs> every which way. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, yeah, there's fighting. Okay. And then <laughs> the uh, one woman is banished forever. She has to go live in like a bay off of a peninsula on the east coast somewhere. Mm -hmm. the other one the other one gets to be with tom hanks but as soon as they fall in love they have a child the child doesn't look like him oh, the child looks shit. like a, a, a merman that he saw swimming around and he realized he put it all in perspective while he loves this child he loves the child regardless he has to go find this mermaid Turns out she's in the English Channel, so he ends up having to swim in the, the whole length of the English Channel, like you do, winning awards. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. Winning awards, breaking the Guinness World Records, etc., etc. Um, yeah, and then he finds her. He finds her. She's fine. Oh, good. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and your title? It's a, it's a melodrama. A lot of stuff happens. It is. I think it's yeah. a very good no, melodrama. That's, that's good. All those crisscross lovers? Crisscross yeah, lovers. That's exactly what a melodrama is. Fights. Yep. Okay. It's called Seasick. Ah. Oh, I like that. Like Love sick, seasick. Oh, yeah, that's there nice. You go. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Nice. All right, guys. Well, that's milking it. So once you're done scoring, pass your scorecards to the front of the class for final edition. And uh, as we do that, we move into our pessimistic end of the show <laughs> podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the uh, duration of the podcast? Hmm. What does this movie have on Rotten Tomatoes? Can we guess? Oh, yeah, sure. Because I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say it's a 61. Yeah, because actually, I, when I checked oh, it on IMDb, it was like a 6 point something. 6.2, 6 6.3. it's really, wow. really hard to, for me to imagine 6 this was nominated. Yeah, I would guess on Rotten Tomatoes it's... You're probably right, like somewhere in like the mid '60s. Um, I would also love to know who else was nominated for best screen. That's what I my regret is that I didn't look that up yet. I, I really know. want to know what that is. Um, what are what what did this compete against for screenplay? <laughs> Although obviously it didn't win. No, it did yeah. not. So I have the Rotten Tomatoes rating, and it is shocking. It is. We said it was in the sixties. Yeah. Got to go way higher. Wow. Eighties? No, nineties. Nineties. It is a ninety-two percent. Holy shit! On Rotten shit. Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah. I mean. Wow. Seriously. People loved this movie when it came out. Of it, I guess. I mean, it made Tom X a veritable star. Yeah. Like. Uh, ninety-two. Like Heller High Water. There's my regret. I think probably has an eighty something. 
Yeah. And I thought that was one of my favorite What does the Godfather movies. have? I guess like 100. 92, yeah, right? though. 92, 92 is, is incredible. incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering how they do old movies. Like, does Ebert... I'm sure Ebert loved this movie. It's just the yeah. type of movie that he would like. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, what are you going to do? It's not a 92 on the ClareRottenTomatoes.com. <laughs> no. What's it on the ClareRottenTomatoes? Nor the Brad. 61. All right, and the Brad Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, yeah, right around the same, maybe even a little lower. And yeah. I'm, like, handicapping it for time. I mean, when I'm... God, I'll give it, like, a 70% on the Chris Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I get... I mean, it was good. I mean, it just feels like... It's not nothing overtly special about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, if I'm struggling to come up with that the best scene, I think, feel like that knocks it down. I mean, I think like if you take away all the sexist and racist jokes that are made throughout throughout the movie, and the lack of the fact that you know Daryl Hannah's the main character, she barely talks in the movie, and mm-hmm. she just like kisses and sleeps with Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Right. And, and I mean, for a romantic comedy, I mean, other than uh, some good John Candy lines and like some uh, Tom Hanks physical comedy and Eugene Levy a little bit, there's not a whole lot of comedy in this movie. Yeah. Or romance. I mean, like there should have really. been there should have been like <laughs> no, a, there should have been a scene where Daryl Hannah takes Tom Hanks to her view of the ocean or some yeah. like little cove. That she only she knows about. Well, that's the end. They swim off to the sure. Mermaid City. But there was no like, you know, Tom Hanks gave her like an okay date in New York. They didn't yeah, do yeah. anything particularly sweeping romantic gestures. He bought her like a weird marionette snow globe. From yeah, snow globe music box. Music yeah. box yeah. from Tiffany's. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I have the uh, screenplay. Uh, nominees oh, up as perfect. well. Oh, so the year was 1984. The year was 1984. Uh, Splash was nominated for original screenplay. The North was nominated for original screenplay. Never seen it. Woody Allen's Broadway Danny Rose nominated Never for original it. screenplay. Never seen it. Beverly Hills Cop Holy nominated shit. for original screenplay. Did that, was, that win? No, nope. it was a massive. And the hit. winner is Places in the Heart. Places in the Heart. Which I have not seen. Beverly Hills Cop is the only one of those that I have yeah. seen other than Splash. Yeah. Places of the Heart? I don't even know if I've heard yeah, of Sally that. Field, uh, Danny Glover, John Malkovich. Oh, okay. Robert Benton movie. All right. Yeah. Slow year. Slow year. <laughs> Depression era, Texas widow. That's Places in the Heart. So there you go, guys. Okay. Well, we learned something today. We did. We all learned something yeah. today. I'll never regret that. And some good Oscar talk. We got oh, the yeah. Oscars yeah, coming we're up soon. Starting to, we're starting to ramp up. Yeah. I'll give you that. Like, give the 80s. Beverly Hills Cop and Splash <laughs> were in the Oscars. Yeah. The Oscars were way more fun in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Way I mean, we less got some respectable. Good, I feel like we got some good, we got a good crop of Oscar movies this year. We do. They weave an amazing crop. They're just crop. not fun. No. Other than La La Land, I guess. No. Yeah. It's not like Zoolander 2 is getting any nods. No. I no. had a great time. Or Popstar. Popstar deserves to win Best Original Song. Popstar was amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, the points are tallied, guys. Uh, Brad and Claire, you guys tied at 16.8 points. I don't deserve that. 
<laughs> but the point is moot because I won oh. with 17.6 <laughs> points. Oh, right. I didn't even think of that. I was like, oh, we did like a, a tie. We'll have to do a tie break. But, oh, you won. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. seeing some decimal points over there that are 0. 0.4, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.2. Yeah, yeah. Someone really got into it. Oh, yeah. We, we do. We try to make it oh, yeah. I only so make I've a horse race. I've seen people go to hundredths, uh, like yeah. 1.75. Like, it's, it's happened. I yeah. only gave 0. 0.9 or whole numbers. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> give someone that edge. Claire, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's a blast. Oh, uh, As always. Agreed. Um, you, I believe, have a one-year anniversary of your comedy show, Very Forward. Yes. Coming up uh, in two days, on the 15th. On the 15th, yeah. yeah. So that that is our one-year anniversary. We have a secret lineup, so I cannot disclose, but some of your favorite stars from television and the comedy scene in L.A. are going to be there. Um, that's at Malo, which is a Mexican restaurant in Silver Lake. So there are tacos yeah. and margaritas. And I've been there. It's great. It's a free show, which is always even better. Us. And we have some audience presents. So uh, one of the presents I can already tell you is a box of Girl Scout cookies. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Is it Girl Scout cookie season already? It is. Oh man. It's almost March. That's well, not I don't true. remember I mean, when it comes around every year. It just surprises me. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember when I get my forms to sell them. Well, congratulations on a year of uh, comedy shows, Claire. Thank you. It's been fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please go to that and get yourself maybe a box of Girl Scout cookies for free. There's only one, so there you someone go. has to get it. <laughs> what someone you will there? get it. Brad Davis, thank you as always, sir. A pleasure, sir. Um, um, at BD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. Yeah, uh, Claire, I, I, shame on me, didn't ask you. Any uh, internet plugs, Instagram, Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at Claire C. Downs at both Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Wish I had thought of a clever title back in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's my handle. It's all right. So. I, I appreciate people's names uh, as their <laughs> Twitter handles. And uh, I will say on Twitter, I believe you are what, like... Rogue One, Cla Rogue Claire, or something like that. Yeah, I'm Rogue Claire Downs on Twitter is yeah. my name. I switch my name up. It's I was female Pope for yeah, a while. Yeah, you're great. I, those funny. are always funny. I try to switch, keep it topical. That's it's my penance for having a very simple Twitter name at name. Well, you're easy to find easy for to find. great jokes. Yeah, Aww. you're very funny on Twitter. Yeah, Thank very you. very funny. You had a joke the other day that slayed me. Oh, there you go. That's very Check nice. out her Twitter feed to find out which one it was. Uh, I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media platforms. That's Chris Swino instead of the I that's normally there. Uh, and at High on Film, get us wherever you can find us. iTunes especially, where you can write and leave a review, which always helps with our exposure, and uh, we would be forever in your debt for that. Uh, thank you guys so much, listeners. Be my Valentine. Happy Valentine's Aww. Day. We love you. Thanks for listening every week. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Goodbye. Goodbye.